Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you, are you done yet? We're Heather. Hey, Mark. How's it going? It's going all right. I'm having a great week. How about you? Not bad. It's been kind of a, you know, you know, one of those weeks. But uh, guess what? What's that? We got Boston Bruins hockey to talk about, bitches. Yes, really here. It happened Saturday. I shed a little tear. I always get the goosebumps. It was very exciting. I'm so happy. And you had an adventure to Providence, so we got a lot. Oh my god, it's it's been a hectic weekend. Uh, Lots of ups and downs, but whatever. We're here to talk about hockey and actual game, an actual game that the Boston Bruins played. the The off season, the preseason is over. We're now involved in the 2021-22 regular season schedule for this Boston Bruins team, and I can't be more excited. Um, this is just amazing, and and we'll talk about the game, and we'll talk about everything else um, uh, later on. And it's it's all Bruins here all the time, but let's start the show on a positive note. The Black and Gold Hockey Podcast is powered by BetOnline.ag and in partnership with Black and Gold Productions Sports Media Company. This is season six, episode two forty nine, and we kindly ask that you please subscribe to our weekly Bruins Hockey Talk on all worldwide audio podcast platforms and video content on our related Black and Gold Podcast YouTube channel. We would certainly appreciate all the support on all our social media avenues, but. Yeah, we're here. Hockey, we're hockey, talking hockey. bees. We love it. Thank you for, for all the support over the off season. It's truly appreciated. We've been rocking two hour programs 
uh, for the last, I don't know how many damn weeks that we couldn't, you know, most shows can't find things to talk about, but not here. We dig deep and we find the uh, the related news and we bring it to you on a, a consecutive two-hour program. Might go a little long, might go a little short this week, who knows, but I'm proud of that. And um, before we do that, let's talk about show sponsor, betonline.ag. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all your basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your bonus. That's CLNS50. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. That's right. We are sponsored by BetOnline.ag and absolutely love those guys. They are beauties. Go to BetOnline.ag. Use the code CLNS50. It's hockey season. Get in on the futures. You can still get in on the Stanley Cup odds. You can get on game props, player props, all kinds of stuff folks and it's just awesome and they have a great little um area that you can click on to learn how to bet on hockey if you want but please do it responsibly and speaking of responsible guess who's got the show uh agenda this week miss heather ringerson because she is way more responsible than i am because i'm a i'm all over the place i'm all over new england practically jesus the agenda is the only thing I can control in my life, and it makes me happy because we have real things to talk about, a couple big things. But before we start getting into the the very obvious things of Charlie McAvoy resigning, and uh, yeah, yeah, I said Charlie McAvoy. I know. I'm sorry. Okay. Stay focused. Stay focused. Um, two former Bruins made some history, actually, on the 12th when the puck dropped for the NHL season. Dan Heineken, Dan Heineken, my little Heineken, and not for everyone, but those who love him, love him much. And I can think of a handful of those. Scored the first goal of the season. When we were sitting here last week, do you think that Dan Heineken would have been the first NHL goal scorer of the season? Not at all. Not at all. But it did set Twitter ablaze saying, uh, <laughs> figures we get rid of this guy and he's, and he's uh, you know, ripping it up in other teams. So this good old he's hockey found Twitter. He's in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, you know, another black and gold, so go figure. Yeah, there you go. That's where his safe spot is. And uh, I don't know if you ever thought Teddy Donato's boy would become the first ever goal scorer for the Seattle Kraken, but good on you, Ryan Donato. You are in the history books, kid, one way or another. That's pretty awesome to be the first ever goal scorer for a franchise. That's pretty neat. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and good for the kid, the local kid, uh, New England born, bred, and whatever. You know, it's just, it's, it's good. Um, it's really sad that he's been bouncing around organization to organization, been on waivers, you know, this and that. But it's good that he found a home in Seattle, uh, regardless if it was. You no, know, that wasn't an expansion pick, was it? I think it was a it was a signing. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, possibly a PTO or whatever, and then turned into a contract. So uh, I good remember. on good on him. You know, starting off with a brand new, I mean, what, how fresh slate can you get, Heather? That's a brand new franchise. <laughs> exactly. And you know what? Maybe that's it's his time to shine, baby. You know what I mean? This whole time. So anyways, congratulations to them. 
Uh, and also, uh, happy birthday to Willie O'Ree and Jake DeBrus. Jake DeBrus had a good weekend. He had a big game on Saturday and a happy birthday on the Sunday. He turned 25 years old. The kid's grown up and he seems to have found his groove back. How Jake DeBrus got his groove back. That's all I keep thinking. And he did. And he looks great. And happy birthday to him and Mr. Willie O'Ree, I uh, believe 86 years old or young, young. as I should young. say, because that guy is just, again, a hero of two countries. I always say it and uh, out there doing his thing. So happy birthday to Bruins, uh, former Bruins this weekend, our current Bruin, Jake DeBrusque. Oh my God, he's having a weekend. We'll talk about Jakey boy a little later. Yay. I love him so much. And I'm so happy that he's, it, whatever, let him have the week people before you jump all over me. About I know. The Jake I know. Walk, okay? Like just funny. let him have his weekend and his good preseason and whatever you will. Um, so anyways, uh, I guess the news of the week is Charlie McAvoy's going to be a Bruin forever and ever. And I love him so much. And I'm so excited. Mark, when you saw Charlie McAvoy had signed an $8 million, an $8 million, eight-year, $76 million contract with the Boston Bruins, broke it down and a lot of money and a lot of signing bonuses over the next eight years, what did you think to yourself? Because I thought, oh, I kind of had a feeling that the, the, the deal was going to get done. But I didn't think it was going to be the day before the you know the season actually started. Um, that was a bit surprising. I, I was more or less going to be like the, the type of person that was going to think you know maybe this could be a a January thing, February thing. You know, get the get the player amped up for being a Bruin for the long term. But no, they got it done right before the season started, which was perfect. Um, and I don't hate the deal. I really don't hate the deal because. His his um, qualifying offer was going to start at seven point three anyway, mm-hmm. so he's getting a two point two bump realistically. So that's not too bad for a, a player like him. Um, you know, he's going to be a Norris candidate for several more years, probably in all eight of his years coming up. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not I don't hate the term like a lot of people do. You know, they, uh, there's a few folks out there that say he should have gotten more money less less in the um in the in the uh the longevity of the contract but i don't think that's a very smart idea when the caps and really not going up that much uh higher like a million dollars in the next year uh, but it is going to go up sooner or later those have been projected by elliot friedman and jeff merrick and so on that we could even see a five to ten million dollar bump soon i think that's when the all these tv deals and all these gambling sites and everything those advertising dollars come more relevant and so on so there's more money to to spend and you know the the player escrow kind of goes down a little bit i'm not i'm not too privy on the uh on the details of uh what's going on with the cba and how they they talk cash but hey i like it I like it a lot. I mean, this guy's this guy's the type of player you build on, and it seems to me that the Boston Bruins are more or less in like the in a transition mode. I mean, we we're getting some older players that are probably going to be retiring soon. Hate to say it, but we also need to get players uh, more involved in us throughout our system and so on. But this is the type of player that you can lean on for that leadership and so on. And I think that having him for eight years is going to be awesome. And, um, and learning from the guy like Zidane Chara is just, it's just a stepping stone. He passed down his knowledge to, to Mac and Mac's probably going to do the same within that eight year time frame to somebody else that's going to come up the system, maybe a Mason Lowry, who knows, but it's going to be great to see. And I'm happy to have like in, you know, Chucky bright lights back in the freaking, uh, in the Boston for, for uh, the foreseeable future. 
I agree with you that I didn't think it was going to happen that quick. It was interesting. And we'll talk a little about Neely and Sweeney had pressers last week before the season started. Um, but Sweeney seemed to be like, mm, I don't know. Sometimes I don't really, whatever Don says, I'm just like, okay, grain of salt. Love you, but I'll see what you do when you do. But Neely definitely sounded like it was a lot closer than Sweeney was still tipping his hat to, but I did not think that meant like seven hours later or whatever. I don't know. It was probably like a day and a half later, but, um, Everyone who, I'm sure it's none of the people who listen to this podcast because everyone who listens to us are totally rational Bruins fans. <laughs> but there are actually people out there, and I think Dom Tiano outed somebody on Twitter yes. yesterday that think this contract is a bad contract. Listen to me, people. For those, the three people out there that might believe this as well, this is the hometown discount. He's going to be an $11.5 million defenseman in three years. He's going to be a $12 million defenseman in four if he wins the Norris Trophy. This is the home. This is the new 6.6 or whatever for Pasta and whatever. And just so you know, Pasta is going to get his money on his next contract too. Yep. Even if it isn't eight years, he's going to make some bank because he'll have earned it because the market was set with Seth Jones. And after that, and then Brady and them all got signed. Dominoes. And you knew. And like you said, at least they kept him closer to the qualifying offer because Charlie McAvoy could have asked for a fucking bazillion dollars a year. And you know what? The Bruins would probably say it, but this cements him as the guy. You mm -hmm. are the next guy. You and obviously we talk about the cast of characters of Grizzlick and Carlo and all of them too, and Pasta. But they, we always have one defenseman that is like the backbone of this team, our personality and what we do. And at least that's been tradition for a very long time in this organization. And Charlie McAvoy, you just got anointed, buddy. So here's to being healthy and finish growing and winning a lot of Norris trophies and bringing the cup back to Boston at least one more time. If it's not this year, just any year in this eight year contract, because but that being said, now you got to earn it, Charlie McAvoy. Don't make it be so in three years, people can hate you and your contract. But even if he stays at the level he's at $7 million or whatever, plus for Charlie McAvoy is a deal and just be grateful that Charlie McAvoy loves here so much. He loves he loved going to BU. That's what spoke to him as a school, being a Boston Bruin. He's got a lot of these young guys kind of from here. He's kind of made his young life here, and he's in for the long haul, and I love it. Like, here's to him being the next Zanino Chara, Ray Bork, or whoever, you know, staying here forever and making sure this team doesn't fall apart, right? We're always competitive. We've had some years we're not, and it's really ugly. Sometimes it's more in our own heads than actually is because we're Bruins fans and our expectations are so high. But yay, Charlie McAvoy, I love him so much. I love him. You know that. I'm okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, just to just to um, uh, wrap this up a little bit, not to rush this conversation at all, but um, mm -hmm. what I do like about it is this: there's so much more to grow on Charlie's game in this time. Uh, he's definitely going to mature out to be, you know, a really good defenseman. I mean. I'm not saying he's terrible right now, but just wait and see what he gets better and how he absorbs the pressure and um, and being leaned on as a leader of this team now. Because I, I honestly believe that if he wasn't well-respected in the room, this deal wouldn't go at a full eight. They want this guy around to be that guy that, you know, that future Zaneo Shower, like we both mentioned it previously. Yeah. So, it, it, I mean, it's, it's really good. It's not just a, a lot of people just uh, criticize his play and so on and goals and so on. I don't, I do not get on defenseman case when they don't plot 10 goals a season. 
That's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's if you went far between on so many different types of defensemen that can be more of offensive, Charlie's got the skills to be that type of guy. I think that he just needs to get the puck a little bit more um, and, and have uh, the team needs to be, have more trust in, in getting him the puck and so on and being that more mobile uh, player along the blue line and on the half wall. So um We'll see what happens. I, I, I think he's going to get a lot more responsibilities. And 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 hopefully where they really want to do is I want I want to see him on the top power play because I'm still not seeing him there. He's on the PP2, but, you know, that, things could change. It's it's only one game out of the season so far. We'll talk about that too. Um. Yeah, Charlie McAvoy only has an upside. So everyone, you know, like I said, you three irrational people out there that really think that this is a bad contract. No, you know what's a bad call contract? The Eric Carlson contract. That's a bad contract. Oh, like this geez. is not a bad. No, don't get me wrong. I love that dude, but let's say that did not go as planned for San Jose. You know what I mean? Like well, this is you, a good idea at the time. Like that's not it, happening here. He's like a con- lot younger. Contracts. Uh, the Eric Carlson contract is reminding me of a different position, but all of, obviously it reminds me of the uh, the GPH of a contract on, you know, just way too much money for way too long. Yeah. Like that's, yeah, sure. You know how I feel. I don't really like more than five year deals, but I really love Charlie McAvoy. So I'll accept this eight year deal for him. <laughs> but uh, his first year, which obviously also, I, I think some people don't understand that it kick, doesn't kick in this year. He still has a pay that he's getting for like four mil this year. Next year is when it kicks in. But yeah. the first year he gets six mil and then it's three, two, five and signing bonuses. So it's broken up very interestingly. And then he's got the heavy for the next three years after that. And then it goes back down to six, three, four, four, like progressively. So, so, so Heather, when you look at those numbers that you just read off, okay. I don't you, remember where it's are. Probably Elliot Friedman or Yeah. Okay. All right. But the ones I, I don't remember though, where I, to quote me, but go ahead. The ones you just read off. Think about mm-hmm. that. Okay. So he's going to get $26 million signers bonus, but his actual pay is low, low, and low, right? And then it goes high, high, high. No, it's six point six, and then three, two, five mil in signing bonuses the first year. Then it's seven seventy five plus three twenty five in signing bonuses. And then it's eight five for two years after that. But then it drops to six plus signing bonuses. Okay, and the so, signing bonuses also get less, like in conjunction. So my thing, my thing is, you can. So almost it's definitely pre- the top four years is the heavy part of the contract. Right. What I'm trying to say is, you can look at that and project on when the Bruins think that they're going to see a real jump in the salary cap. Oh yeah. Like when the league cap yeah. goes up. You can basically say that that's going to be with the general area where um, like, like teams and organizations are probably projecting that, you know, everything is going to go up and up and up like that five to 10 million. And I talked about a little earlier. Well, even if not, though, like you had to pay him that. Do you know what I mean? Because oh, yeah. first year, the way it evens out, like you said, you know that we know next year the salary cap is not moving very much if it does at all. Because like you said, you have to give it a year to get all the money lucrative coming in from all the new switch to TV and stuff like that. And we'll talk a little about that later, but um, it also makes sense just because of his age. Now, a lot of, he's not as old as I think a lot of people think he is because he's been around since he was so young. He's just like Jake DeBrusque. Like you've seen him a lot or Brandon Carlo, but they're, they're getting older, but they're not like old by any means. They're still only in their mid twenties. 
and they have long years ahead of them. But it makes sense. Like he's going to hit that sweet spot of Asia where defensemen just kind of blow up and really have their sweet years. It's also, um, I think, in line with him getting paid. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe you haven't quite shown us the upside, you know, this and that. But overall, this contract I can't be mad at. Absolutely not. And anybody who is, I think, needs to maybe take a minute, do some meditation, take a breath. Smoke something, possibly. Smoke something, (laughs) engage in a little beverage, and like really think about this. Relax. This is a steal. This is this is one of the this contract, despite what you may think, continues the tradition of other teams going. How the hell does Don Sweeney slash Boston or whoever do this? How do they convince these superstars that can get 10 mil to start plus signing bonuses? To stay, you know, what is it? And it's because they're awesome. I mean, it's the boss. Yeah, but let's let's be realistic, Heather. And you're you're a podcast junkie just like me, and you've probably mm-hmm. heard a lot today after or over the weekend on the podcast after that signing on Friday. Um, this might be kind of the end of uh Don Sweeney's regime of uh of sitting on top of the hill looking down and saying, player. We need to be team first and not contract first. You know, these, these team friendly deals, I don't think are going to be relevant anymore. I think you know, like, like when the next one you mentioned earlier, next one coming up is David Pasternak. I don't think David's going to be like, Oh, I'll give me another 6 million. I love fucking winning here, but I love making lower than everybody else. That's not going to happen. So I kind of think that he can do it with certain players and, and, and evaluating their, their, their talent level and so on. But also when, when, Players are coming up that are really good, like Pasternak, like McAvoy, and you know the future. There may not be that you know uh, team friendly kind of deal happening. They might want to um, you know get maximized what they can get with the salary cap going up. Well, I think it's a matter of perspective, right? So maybe the situation is just what a team friendly deal is changing a little bit. Do you know what I mean? That, but that's, I think you that's don't, fair. I think in any city, though, you don't take a team friendly deal deal if it's not a a city that you love, a city you want to live in, a city where you feel like the team is supported by its community, uh, things like that. Like one of the things I was on Saturday for opening night, seeing like, you know, how our sports teams are on here. They always like congratulate each other, whatever. Each social media is always saying, you know, which I thought was funny because the Celtics were the last ones to say like, good luck Bruins. And I was like, don't we share a building? Like what is your name? <laughs> um, but uh, everything, Julian Edelman was in there. Like, um, what do you say? Stanley cup season begins tonight. He loves the Bruins so much. Yeah. Or whatever. So glad to see, even though he's retired, he's still like, yeah, let's get it on Boston Bruins. Let's do it. But um, yeah, I just, I think it's, you got to have that environment. Like there are other teams that are out there that you think, why do these players want to play in these cities? It must be something about the city and the atmosphere. And that is one thing that isn't changing because we, the culture is kind of set. Right. And as long as, like you said, it's passed down to Bergeron and from, and like Chara and Bergeron are passing it down. And then these boys really stay with it and pass it down. Like you could, I think it's a matter of people changing their perception of what, because when Pasta comes up for his deal and he can make $10 million, but he only takes eight, five, that is the team friendly deal. Right. You know right. what I mean? Like that's what I think people need to get used to because we've talked about it. The newer players don't care about team friendly deals since they were like 12. Someone told them they were going to be NHL superstars and make their money. And that's what they're trying to do. Obviously they had to do all the grind and the work to actually float to the top of the creme de la creme. But 
That being said, you know, when Marner signed and all these kids, that set the standard of the new way to look at things. Like if you can get the big contract, whether you deserve it or not, you sign that and like just do it. And maybe not in a malicious way. It's just like this generation was raised to be like sports business people and have a brand and like yeah. be out there, you know? So, and that's fine. Like get your money on. I all day long think athletes should be able to have sponsorships and stuff independent of their actual contracts and stuff but yeah it'll be interesting but charlie mcavoy definitely got anointed the new leader of this team when bergeron's gone so one more thing real quick we need to stop with the narrative of how can you pay a player more than bergeron and marshan and so on and pass the knack we need to stop that this they do not go in the locker room and have any animosity look and they look at each other like oh you son of a bitch you're making more than me it's not like that folks and i can't stand when people do that why do they give him more than Bergeron? Bergeron's hot and soul. It's like, it's, it's really, they don't do contracts. And it's not a, it's not one of those matches when you throw it up on the table and see, you know, uh, who, who's winning the race. It's yeah. it, come on. You know, it's just, it, I understand the fandom and so on. Everybody loves Bergeron because he's an awesome person. And, and Marshan's the little rat that everybody hates. And, but there's still, it's, it's, it's not that bad. Yeah, it's not. All right, I think it's time we get into it. Boston Bruins hockey and Providence Bruins hockey. We're going to go Big B's first. Saturday, October 16, 2021. We won 3-1 to one versus the Dallas Stars. That was our home opener and the season opener. Why we have to start four days after everyone else. We'll get into that later. We don't know, but... Big win. Uh, Brad Marchand having an interesting night, uh, scored on a penalty shot, and then Jake DeBrus had a beauty. I am loving this third line. I just, yes, I love them. I want to hug you and kiss you because you're so awesome. And then, uh, then again, Marchand from Pasternak uh, scored it in an empty netter. And uh, the boys won in the third period. It was like a little iffy. I wouldn't say that they played all 60 minutes necessarily. They had a little pockets, but overall – uh, hello, boys. Nice to have you. All the goosies of opening day were there. Uh, Jeremy Swayman stopped 27 shots, uh, and I think his save percentage was like 9.62 or something like that. Good start. But, uh, yeah, good start. And, uh, yeah, anyways, Boston Bruins are back. All the feelies were there, Mark. Uh, I know you were busy in Providence, so I'll give you a quick recap of what was happening in the pregame ceremony. All the goosies you expect. The garden was loud super loud so happy for all of you that were in the building i was living vicariously from you i mean todd sang get the chills i love when they introduce all the players and everyone was yelling and when everyone was yelling for jake debrusque i got extra happy because you know i love me the debrusque and i just i know he's gonna whatever's gonna be whatever but i just love that the fans seem to be back on his side a little bit and it was pretty awesome so any thoughts on yay home opener winner yeah um it was I, I I watched the highlights. I was unable to watch this game because I was in Providence. We'll talk about that later. But um, it was good to see that the Bruins really really hammered Dallas with the uh, the forty to twenty eight shot advantage throughout the game. Really want to see um, that more often from all players, uh, defensemen and and forwards this year. Is is just get it on net, create opportunities. And, and do it often, you know, uh, go by the Craig Smith method of as soon as you touch it, shoot it. I don't care if you're 200 feet away. Give it a shot. Let's see what happens. Ray Bork did it from 170 feet. Yeah, just <laughs> toss it down there. Exactly. Uh, the, but one thing that we did talk about in the pre-show, Heather, was that you uh, had a little bit of concern about the penalties and, uh, and how many of the 
there were. So, um, but it was the penalty killing obviously did their job, uh, but, but let's not put uh, an emphasis on uh, too much of an emphasis on that type of uh, special teams. A lot of the times we don't want to go to the box. We don't want to get stupid penalties. Um, and, too many and, men on the ice. Oh, we've yeah, already got so, too many men on the ice. Penalty. So sick of that. So Didn't sick you stop of that. Doing that. Like second year peewee at most. Like, yeah. like that just seems like a, um, sorry. Uh, Jake DeBrusque and, and and that third line. I'm so happy for Jake. I mean, he's really, um, you know, it's it's one game. I get it, but a uh, solid preseason, um, and, and you know, and and just gets it done in in game one with a really nice cast of characters and and two new uh, people in Eric Holla and Nick Foligno on either um, on you know along the lines with him. Uh, I think there's going to be uh, some really good magic on that third line and and. And also the second line, I thought looked decent, uh, you know, with, uh, with Charlie Coyle there as, as, as you, you know, your predominant second line signer for now. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. But, um, and uh, obviously Jay, Jay Sway, I thought that all Mike was going to get the start. I know that I was kicking and screaming a little bit. And it's not saying, I'm not saying I hate, Jeremy Swayman. I never say that. I would you never say Jeremy that. I, I'm a Jay Sway guy. All right. All but what I'm saying is, it's just, you just go with the trends of the goaltending. If you signed a goaltender, usually you give him that, that thing. And I do not put any emphasis on how somebody did in preseason and earning the first game. Sorry. I'm not on board with that. I just thought that, you know, it should have been all Mark, but I'm, I'm a win guy. I'll, I'll support any way that we got a W. But I do expect that after one start that Jeremy Swim is not going to go on this uh, this tear where uh, Bruce Cassidy is going to give him like 20 games in a row and then filter in all mark. I think it's going to be a very 50-50 split this season to kind of see what we have in all mark and what kind of player he can be with a new structured defense in front of him and not the dumpster fire in Buffalo. So a uh, solid win. Solid win. I wish I saw more. It was, I just got the highlights and so on, but – um, I'm, I'm happy to see that everything just seems like it's, it's coming into the, into the fold a little bit with a little bit of chemistry and so on. And I like the way that they, I hope, I, I hope anyway, that they, uh, get the consistency early and, and, and get ahead of everybody because, we all know that there's there's going to be those injuries that are going to hamper this team and there's going to be call-ups. I'm not saying the call-ups are bad or anything like that, but, um, to get ahead of everybody early is a little better for me than, than doing it later on in the season. I think we're going to be seeing these lines for a while. And like you said, with the goaltending, they've been saying the whole time, it's probably going to be like a 60, 40 split, no matter how it happens. They've never once said all like, I agree with you. I would have thought all got the start. It's not so much because he got the money, but because like you said, usually the veteran goaltender unless it's a horrendous preseason. I wouldn't say that Allmark had a horrendous preseason. I think he looks like he just needs a little bit more tune-up before he'll be all right. I heard, I don't know if it was like on, I don't know, whatever. He, like you said, we listen to many hockey podcasts. It might have been the Sports Hub Hockey Show or something, but like he hasn't really worked with goalie Bob as much as they like to him have at this point and stuff like that. But you have to expect that in October, even into just November, they're going to be going kind of back and forth, even if that's two to one, this and that, because they want them both to get their reps. They want to let them get the kinks, the rest of the kinks out and see. I still hold, I think, all Mark's going to be all right. Um, I do have to say, though, I think that third line, you know, 
for a long time, our narrative was David Krejci needs some wingers, right? I think the hockey gods might have sent Jake DeBrusca center and a winger. And just, I mean, the chemistry on that line, you got like Felino, the veteran captain, you got Halla, who is like, remember who you had said, like, we love David Krejci, but part with Jake DeBrusca is he's moving so fast. Like Halla is perfect for him because he's flying. Like they look yep. fast out there. Even overall, I would say our team looks We've had a lot of speed on our team, but we don't always look that fast, just consistently kind of rolling at you. And that you definitely saw Saturday. But that third line outshined the other lines. Fourth line had a little bit of roughness every night, but it's the first game. And given the situation and Lazar's still out and, you know, I love Carson Coleman, but glad he got to have the start, but probably because of his experience, he they're like, you know what, we're going to give you the nod here. Frederick, whatever, you know, again, you've only had one sort of, few games in a season to work out your stuff at this level, that'll be all right. And that will rotate anyways that we discussed. I think I was joking. If it doesn't get better, Chris Wagner is going to find himself back being the right wing on the fourth line, but that third line, they shined, they shined. Yep. And, and you know, I, I have to, I have to agree with uh, a couple of fans on Twitter, believe it or not, it's crazy. Um, but they said that, um, you know, there's no pressure when Jake DeBrusque is on the third line as he was on the second line to create that secondary scoring and, and be that winger that, you know, expectations. For me, through this preseason and the time that he's been with Halla and Felino, I just think that it's a real nice refresher for him. It's no pressure on the third. I mean, of course, you're, you're, you're a freaking NHL hockey player. There is going to be pressures, but maybe not as much to be that guy all the time. Uh, I think this. I think it's going to work, and I, I'm really, really happy to see Jake happy, smiling. smiling you yes. know, doing Selly season stuff again. Yeah. He doesn't look like he's he's talking to himself anymore when he's struggling and so on. It just seems like everything's really coming together, and hopefully, uh, a full 82 game schedule of Jake DeBrusque and what we're seeing is going to be something special. Yeah, and, and also. Really- also, shout out to um, Kevin O'Keefe of the blackandgoldhockey.com writing crew, the awesome writing crew over there. I love those guys. Um, but he wrote an awesome article about that third line, and I thought it was really good. So uh, he's spot on. Gave, gave himself a pat on the back on the old tweet machine saying that, you know, called it, but, you know. Great article regardless. <laughs> called it regardless. I was like uh... – wasn't Kevin too? He's the one that willed Ryan Donato into scoring the first crack yeah. goal. I was like, no you are, you're magical, man. You're no. magical. He's oh, he's Nostra O'Keefe. Yeah, Nostra, <laughs> Nostra O'Keefeus. That's your new name. I just anointed you, Nostra O'Keefeus. Oh, he's gonna love <laughs> that. Okay. He'll well, probably hit a freaking. He'll probably hit a freaking uh, telephone pole on the way to work tomorrow after hearing that. <laughs> oh God! Don't do that. I yeah, I know. Don't do that, that again. We need you. My conscience. We need you, buddy. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Well, Boston Bruins. Like I said, I mean, it was rocking market. The fans and just everyone was so damn happy, and everyone outside was happy, and everyone going in was happy, and happy, happy, happy times. But you were in Providence to watch some more happy times. Uh, down there and they had two games this weekend and I'm going to shut up and let you talk about uh, your adventures in Providence uh, and uh, talk about that first opener also on the 16th Saturday about seven o'clock, but you were at the dunk instead of the garden. Oh yeah. It was, it was so good to be back in hockey um, arenas, seeing people um, interacting with the fans. Again, I got several DMS 
uh, from folks that were in attendance and said, are you in the building? And I said, yes, I am. Look up in, in uh, the press area. And they were just like, dude, come down and see us. We want to, we'd love to say hello. We haven't seen you in so long. I haven't been up there. I haven't been to, to Providence since, since the middle of March of, of 2020 when this, when the stupid freaking pandemic freaking hit. So it's been, it's been a real good homecoming. Um, it was, uh, it, it was a, a, a very emotional night because um, it was also the first time that uh, my buddy, um, um, Alan Sullivan was not in the building taking pictures. So uh, they had the Providence Bruins, the class act that they are great American hockey league organization uh, did a slideshow of some of the members that were lost uh, in the previous year since we haven't been, you know, back in the arena and he was one of them. So that was a kind of a touching thing, but seriously uh, shout out to the Providence Bruins for doing that for my buddy. Um, But also um, AJ Coetta was in the house. And uh, he did the countdown to the double banner drop, um, double Atlantic Division uh, champion um, banner drop. So it was it was really cool to see that, and uh, really cool to see AJ standing ovation from the eight thousand that were in the building. Um, yeah, the place was rocking, and uh, it was just great to be back in Providence. But uh, let's talk about it, a little bit about the action. Uh, oh, by the way, I do want to give a shout out to my friend Matt Z. Uh, he's a, 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 a B&G supporter for many years, but also the guy freaking gave me a ride from my hotel room in Seekonk and we went and had breakfast and uh, uh, it was awesome. And then he gave me a ride to the train station and we just sat there and shot the shit, talking about life, talking about hockey, talking about, you know, just a bunch of shit, man. It was really good to catch up with him. So Matt Z, shout out to you, my friend. This time we got to don't do breakfast. I mean, I love breakfast and everything. I'm, I'm a three guy, you know, three meal guy. You know me. But I also want to get together with this guy because he knows all the great places for for breweries, you know, like the Trilliums and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the uh, so I, I'm a beer guy and I love beer. So and he loves beer. And um, and also shout out to his, the Z family for uh, loss of their uh, uh, a family member. Let's put it that way. And, um, you know, still thinking about you guys and during this tough time. So but, yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was it was a good weekend. Uh, especially the home opener. Just like I said, it's great to see everybody. Shout out to the uh, Providence Bruins for having us as as media members again this year. It was great to see Mark Diver in the press box. Great to see Austin Rook calling the game again. It's just it was so much good. But the the best part about the whole weekend was the Boston, the Providence Bruins won the first game on Saturday, October sixteenth, in a they won two to one in a shootout. Uh, newcomer from the WHL. Uh, no, maybe not. Maybe I screwed that one up, but Ty Lewington with the only regulation goal uh, and uh, Jesper Froden got the uh, shootout winner. So awesome on that. I thought the game was good. Chris Wagner looked good. Stidnika looked good. Uh, Curtis Hall looked good. Um, Troy Grosnick, he was really good in the first period, but I think that goodness got him in a little bit of trouble because he ended up leaving the first period in, with a lower body injury. And uh, Kyle Kaiser came in and basically shut the door, uh, making um, all the saves, including a bunch of ones in the uh, in the shootout. So uh, good win, good solid effort in the first first game of the season, and 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 so good to be back. I, so good to say that again. Yeah, we're going through seventy two games this year and not a twenty five game schedule against two, um, you know, division rivals. But 
we are opening it up. We have eight teams we're playing in this division now, and I'm super stoked about it. But then they played on Sunday, October 17th. The Bees lost in a shootout again. Uh, and, and, you know, but four to three, uh, Jack Seneca got, got his first. Uh, Samuel Asleen got his first. And uh, newcomer Chris Wagner got his first. So shout out to Chris Wagner on getting his first American Hockey League goal since the 2016-17 season when he was with the Anaheim Ducks organization was the last time um, I believe that he uh, was in the AHL and scored his last goal. Uh, but all those goals that I mentioned from Stednika, Asleen, and Wagner were all in regulation, and that was it. They unfortunately lost in Hartford yesterday, but that's it. Two games in the books for the Providence Bruins, and they are, uh, you know, they got some points. I mean, it's not so bad, you know, losing and winning in a shootout, so – uh, still lots to build on. I'm going to actually sit down and uh, and do a little bit of uh, um, uh, some coaches stuff, uh, some film and so on um, with, uh, with Ryan Mujanal and what he said about the weekend, kind of put something together um, because I do have a, a project coming up. We're starting a new uh, Providence Bruins hockey podcast that I'm going to be um, I'm going to be um, uh, hosting. By myself, just a quick half hour kind of punch list on things that are looking good, things that are not looking good, and so on. So I'm looking forward to the opportunity. But uh, I will have uh, coaches and player interviews involved in that, so kind of stoked. So look out for that. We will talk more. We do have the show artwork uh, done by my buddy and uh, and and longtime friend uh, Thomas Nystrom of the Short Shift Podcast. He does tremendous work. So he got a new show logo. I'm going to show you later, Heather. I don't want to put it online yet. But um, but I uh, I'm pretty pumped about that. So, um, yeah, they the, were uh, in Providence yesterday, right? Where something didn't they go to a game? The no, they went to they school? went to the Hartford game. The Hartford game, yeah, yeah, because uh, uh Thomas and his wife Grace and uh, the the baby girl, uh, who got into their first game. Uh, yeah, I saw their yeah. picture. Yeah, she's been doing the baseball thing. Thomas has been uh, teaching her how to do the baseball thing, and it was really cool to have her christened into the hockey world yesterday in Hartford, Connecticut, at the XL Center mm-hmm. to see uh, a Providence Bruins game, and and the whole family wore the black and yellow. So yeah. it was really cool to see and the smiles. I mean, I, I love a kid that's just having fun and smiling away. So it's awesome. So shout out to the Nice Room family. Those guys are amazing. I love them both. Well, I'm glad I'll be glad to listen as I'm sure others will to see uh, what you have to bring from news from Providence and such. And I'm sure you'll, you know, expand a little on that as you go. But you're the guy you're in, you're how I don't have to watch all these other people. You, like, I mean, I might watch Providence, but you're the guy that I go to to know what's going on with all the other kids. So that'll be exciting. Can't wait to see when you launch that. And we'll uh, pump that up, obviously. But Anybody really stand out to you this weekend? Um, I mean, the next thing is studs and duds like we always do. I understand it was only one game for the Boston Bruins, but I, I'd like to ask you, did you have any studs or duds for the uh, Providence Bruins? You may have one for each game if you want, or just oh. an overall. Or was do you think, you know, whatever. It was the first weekend. We're not doing it in a way to be on someone's ass when we say dud this week. But just like, did you not jump out? Did you kind of over underwhelm? You, you know who really jumped out to me this weekend was Brady Lyle. Yeah. Um. He was he was on the top uh, defensive. Um. Uh. You know, he was the defenseman on the top power play, and he was getting low. He was going behind the net. I mean, the guy was just using all two hundred by eighty five in the in in the first game, 
And he also uh, played very well in the second game. It just really engaged in the offensive um, push, uh, you know, getting it out of the zone, good puck possession. I was just really impressed with him. Um, another player, Jack Sedinka looked really good. He's, 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 he's very positive down in Providence right now, not taking the demotion to heart, just willing to do what it takes to work hard and so on. Uh, so those two, I would give the stud. I would actually throw in Kyle Kaiser too, because Kyle uh, got into a, a tricky situation with um, with uh, Troy Grosnick going out of the first period uh, on Saturday's game, and I thought he was just real solid throughout the whole weekend. Um, unfortunately, they lost in the shootout, but it is what it is. But he just was standing on his head. Uh, so there's a couple, there's a couple uh, studs that I want to talk about. Um, some duds on the Providence Bruins. I don't know. I just, uh, it's too early to really tell. Um, I wasn't overly thrilled about Wagner's game in game one, but he came around and really played and really pushed hard in game two. So I would think, I would think I'd give it to Wagner for this, you know, this time, but I'm sure that uh, moving forward, he's going to get more accustomed to his surroundings and playing level and, uh, you know, play a lot better. Well, yeah, because he's basically he's been on the same team since he pop, you know, came in in 2016 or whatever. And now, you know, he's got to get his bearings, too, and maybe get the drive to try and get himself back up with the Boston Bruins. But if not, um, you know, even though he's had a rust, I think that him being down in Providence is a good lesson for the kids down there. And also just he's been around, you know what I mean? He can tell them what it takes to maybe get up there to be a fourth liner and whatever. I mean, sure. He's fighting to have his spot back, but you know, having kind of that guidance, I guess, um, I think is important down there. Um, I, I, I did not get to watch the Providence games, but I do have to say on the Boston Bruins, I definitely think that I, I wish I could give them all a stud thing, but I just think I can't say it enough. I'm just really loving this third line. And it seems silly that that's the line that like to be in love with after the first First line looked fine. Second line looked fine. But I just, I really do think this line was outpacing everyone else around them in their first bit. Maybe that was adrenaline. You know what I mean? Maybe that was, I hope it's just a bit first step in the continuation of Jake DeBrus getting his groove back. Because if anything, you know, he he's worked hard, I think. And I think that <clears throat> I like to see him continued success. And I do think that like those two players, if, injury barring like you know it's perfect set of all the tools you need to have a really effective third line you know when we would look at tampa or whoever and say their depth lines well this gives the bruins a lot of depth i wouldn't really give out any duds i mean i guess i would say trent frederick not for any other reason than because he didn't he didn't do anything wrong and like i said i'm not getting on anyone when i say that it's a grain of salt because it was the first game but i do think scenes you made the cut kid I'm going to need you to make the cut, you know, like that's just because now you're in a different tier. They chose you, you, you were picked. And now for all the people who want you to be there and for me, just because if you're going to be there permanently, you know what I mean? And they're giving you your chance again, not just in a weird 56 game kind of way. And we were in transition, but in a real way of like, you, we need you to play the role. We need you to roll kind of way. So I, I hope to see improvement for him just as he settles in and gets more comfortable and, you know, whatever the, 
fourth lines changed too. So the last time he was hanging around, it doesn't exactly look like it did, you know? So that can yep. account too. But like I said, that is in no way before anyone's like, Oh, she hates Trent Frederick. But we've already established. I'm indifferent about fucking Trent Frederick. Okay. I just had to pick somebody because I told you that we were doing the segment. So I just didn't want to not answer the question that I threw out there to Mark. I, I know that you only got to see the highlights, but anything with the regular Bruins, I mean, Providence, I trust you on that, but I mean, I, whatever we'll see after this week we'll have three more games in and see what happens from there but overall very happy hockey 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 hockey's back yeah, it's it's mm. so good to be back and it was you know it's unfortunate that they had to start i wish they with the way the scheduling was working i know we'll talk about it later but it, the, the bruins should have started on a friday and then the providence on saturday yeah. but anyway it's it is what it is but it's just it sucks that i wasn't able to to enjoy because i do love uh whether i'm in the building or i'm I'm watching at home or with friends at a bar it i get up for the first game and um i was kind of missing that when i was checking out the uh you know the bruins tweets because i have them on the uh on the notifications bell and um you know i just seeing who scored and when they scored and the excitement and so on it was pretty cool so i'm just happy that hockey's back and and uh there's that well, I had my I had socks on and you know my scarf was out. So I like show up for work because <laughs> I work at a restaurant. I have my scarf and I have my sweater on my bag because admittedly it was like 75 degrees and was a little ridiculous to have my sweater on. They're like, you're not going to put that on. I'm like, oh, before the puck drops, I will have my sweater on. I don't care if I'm yep. sitting there drenched in sweat. Like I am not watching the first game without my vintage sweater, but I have to have my scarf on either way. I don't care if it's 75 degrees out. My neck I'm- will take the thing it's a weird fan thing okay it's just a weird fan thing but it makes me feel better to have my comfy stuff so i can like as yeah. the game goes but yeah i'm like i must have started watching it was like behind the bees was on then bruins academy then like it was just on then it was the faith you know all seeing all the guys in studio and such and things with eric russo or sophia whoever like things popping in it was just four hours of pregame joy in my heart to turn around and just always see Bruin shit on TV just consistently. And also uh, already, you know, like I already hate the local Boston sports takes on the Bruins. It's like they ignore them. Then suddenly on Friday, they remember that the Bruins play hockey in Boston. Now they want to have their expert. Some of them want to have their expert opinions. Not all of them. I won't call them out. There's only one show that I particularly enjoy and think that they're just more of kind of like fans being not like they they don't take themselves as seriously as some of the other people, but stop fucking pretending you're a hockey expert. You drive <laughs> me fucking nuts. Don't tap in now. Now one, I'm not saying they don't know anything about hockey. I'm just saying, shut the fuck up <laughs> sometimes just, but I guess, I guess it's to be grateful, right? That they actually acknowledge something other than football's happening in this town or something like that. I mean, obviously it, it makes sense. The excitement with the Red Sox because they are pushing for a championship or whatever they're doing but geez louise all right let's see what do we have oh we definitely can talk about one more thing before we have to go to our uh break here but yeah overall great start and uh the excitement is just i'm still pumped i'm pumped just thinking about it i'm pumped about seeing every hearing everyone screaming when todd's back to pulling beers no i'm just kidding like that's how i always feel like he's like what's up guys okay i gotta go there's a line forming out there <laughs> everyone's socially distanced from me and the beers um All right, so we won. Uh, Providence had the split lot, but um, I just want to say, and we can talk about this for a minute or two, and I'll 
probably uh, bring it in. I didn't say, but everyone shut up about the goaltending controversy. Okay. Uh, they, these boys, the hug after, did you see the, the yeah, hug, I saw the that. Swayman couldn't, you could see him just like, come here, brother, come, you know, yes. that, that is not rivals. That is teammates. My friends keep an eye on that because they're our new tandem, at least for now and probably the next four years. Um, but it was a beautiful thing because that, I think that genuine moment when you see that, like, like all Mark is just as happy as Swayman is right now for him. Like he's not worried about him. He's not worried about Swayman taking his job. He's worried about, yay, good job, buddy. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. and so Dude, that, that's, that's, a, that's just a solid veteran right there. You know, yeah. that's character. That's character that the, that the Boston Bruins probably invested a little bit of time in, in their scouting process, asking around, you know, trainers are, are popular people to talk to when you're, when you're trying to, inquire or somebody maybe they got in touch with you know um a buffalo trainer and just said hey listen you know wh what is this guy like i was in the locker room blah 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 you know and obviously linus is on a team now that's so much better than the dumpster fire in buffalo that he can excel at so when you get his skills together and work a little bit more with goalie bob and mike dunham getting the, the systems in place um, I think you're going to see a better goaltender in all market. I think that this tandem, I'm still on board. I'm not calling it, but I'm not going to bet on it. But I'm still on board with the thought of this could be like a a top five tandem in the league, a challenging for a Jennings trophy. Um, mm -hmm. You know, but we, I still want to see what. We, I, I still want to see what Allmark can do. I know it's a little premature to say that with without him getting the start in game one, but let's see what happens on Wednesday night when I, I believe that he'll get the game um, against uh, – I, I don't have that up. Who would they play in? Uh, the next game we're playing Philly at the World Philly. Fargo Center. Yeah, there you go. So let's see. You know, that's going to be a lot of pressure right there. That's a $5 million pressure cooker right there um, and, and, an, and an evaluator of where you're at. You're, you were paid to be a starting goaltender. This is the type of game that we want to see you excel at. So it, it's good. It, it's good commodity to have those two already, already, you know, best friends and teammates and, and supporters of each other. Because if you don't, if you always go into it thinking it's a competition and you're always fighting against each other, it's not going to work. But when you go in and you have the healthy competition and you, and you support each other, it just makes that whole thing a little bit easier. You're a family now. You're just not a member on the team. Yeah. And I was going to say it also, um, this is just like generally to allude back to like, just it's noisy here. If you're a sports personality in Boston, there is never a shortage of someone to be all up in your shit about anything. You looked at somebody the wrong way. They can talk about that shit for four months. They won't let it go and they'll find new ways to bring it up. Um, I think that, them having a healthy, like you said, like, yeah, there's obviously a little competition, but it's not like they don't know where they stand. He's the veteran goaltender that makes more money because he's earned it. And you're the young kid that will make you money and you're awesome. And they know everyone knows you're the future, right? Or whatever. Like we thought it was Ladar, but the minute Swayman showed up, clearly the picture changed and did the right thing by letting Dan go and have his time somewhere else to get his career jump, you know, going, continuing or whatever, however you want to frame it. But that picture encapsulated a lot of like, it doesn't like kind of as long as between the two of them, 
they can get all the noise out. The noise about is Tuca maybe coming back. The noise about is Swayman, like the guy that should be the number one. We have had a 1A, 1B for so long. We invented the 1A, 1B situation in Boston. We are the model in which other gold tandems have been built for the last eight or nine years, you know, like, so it's weird to me, but that that's helpful because you know what? Swayman is a rookie and we know this town and we know the minute he has a bad game and he will have a bad game, which is fine. People do. They're going to eat him alive. And I think it's good if you can learn to contain that sooner than later. And especially for a kid who is so in like calm in himself and like secure kind, you know, like comfortable. He's not, you know, he's not worried that he's never going to get his starts. He knows they know they're going to split it. However, that goes, whoever it is, get 60, the other 40, the guy is going to be supporting them. And I think that's important. Um, so I wish everybody would shut up and leave the goaltending thing. But every time you want to say there's a goaltending situation, I need you to take a snapshot of that snapshot and look at it and see the genuine like yeah. bondage of a, a team. That sounds weird, but uh, from teammates, uh, the other thing I just want to say is it's funny because I think, Think too with Allmark is this is what people don't. Even all the people who hate Tuco, what they don't really want to, uh, I guess, accept or whatever, is that they've been watching elite goaltending for a long, long time. So nothing is gonna look as good as that. That is why when Swayman, who looks like he might be that next tier elite goaltender soon, you know, or at some point, you know, he's on his way. They don't want to admit that you've been watching such high level goaltending for so long anything less is going to bother you. And you don't know it's because you've been watching elite goaltending because you've decided it hasn't been elite goaltending. But the truth is your eyes are having a hard time adjusting. It will be fine. Okay. I just have to throw sometimes out with people with haters. Don't get me wrong. I can throw some hate too, but these boys are all right. It's not a controversy. All right, guy with that, I think we're at our uh, mid show break. Okay. Let's right. hear from the awesome Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. He's got some awesome stuff. Christmas is coming. I know I say it all the time, but if you want to give a loved one uh, or just a diehard Bruins friend uh, some autographed merchandise, it's unbelievable and great prices. Unbelievable prices. They're so low that we can afford to buy jerseys, which we're going to give away today. Today we're giving away this. Gorgeous. Jerry Cheever's hand-signed jersey, fully authenticated right there, folks, by JSA. And all stitched and everything. You don't want to wear this to a game, folks. This is the type of thing that you want to go to blackandgoldhockey.com, click on the Fanatics banner, and buy yourself a jersey uh, case so you can hang up in your fan cave or your office, kid's bedroom. You know, annoy the wife with it and put it on the kitchen table. <laughs> But no, this is serious. I mean, I got this from Bruce no, you Sullivan. Really do. Yeah. No, I know I am serious. Put it in a but, container, seriously, because that's yes, the kind of beauty of a thing it exactly. is. Exactly. Hall of Fame inscribed 1985. Beautiful, beautiful quality. All for a dollar. So we'll talk about that later on. But let's hear from the unbelievable Bruce Sullivan and all the great things that he has, Bruins related, hand signed, all for authenticated. No bullshit here. We'll be right back, folks. Hello Bruins fans, this is Bruce from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia with our Black and Gold Memorabilia Moment of the Week. On November 6th, we will be hosting Bruins Hall of Fame legend Ray Bork. 
we will have exclusive memorabilia including jerseys, pucks, minis, and photos. And we're taking send-ins. This week, we are featuring exclusive memorabilia from our private signings with Bruins retired number 24, Terry O'Reilly. Get a Terry O'Reilly autographed JSA jersey with the 2095 penalty minutes inscription for just $79. A puck for $34 or a photo for $29. Add a Jerry Cheever's autographed dual inscribed JSA jersey for just $79 a JSA puck for 34 or a JSA mask photo for 30 bucks. For more information on our dozens of Bruins hand-signed pieces and your chance to win free memorabilia each week, check us out at our Facebook page, Boston Sports in Music Memorabilia. Or email us directly at bostonsportsandmusic at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in each week right here to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Let's go! what's up everyone's fans we are back we just heard from the unbelievable bruce sullivan and and he's from the boston sports and music memorabilia go check him out like i always say go to the facebook page and uh follow the page follow and become a member of the group because he does give away a ton of free stuff just for liking and sharing you can go into a drawing He'll draw a name and you win an awesome can sign prize. So definitely well worth uh, following him and so on. And also please like reach out by email. If he doesn't have what you want for your fan cave or a present for Christmas or a, a birthday gift, he can try and get it. Um, but um, you know, you got to reach out first and let him know. So uh, we love working with Bruce and he does a tremendous job with us. And uh, we, we, this is a really good, really good partnership that we have because um, we also have jerseys that we buy. We buy a ton of shit from him to give away on a weekly giveaway. So um, go check him out. But um, we are back. We're talking Boston Bruins hockey. And um, Heather, where are we going from here? Yeah, stay tuned to see if you win the Chivas uh, jersey yes. there, uh, Patreon members. But, um, yeah, I thought we'd get back to Neely and Sweeney both gave press conferences. We already talked about how they don't always line up uh, again with a surprise McAvoy sooner than later after all. Uh, But just a few things, Um, both definitely seemed like let let the goaltending situation shake out. We want to see more from them before any of that, blah, blah, blah. Also, Tuka Dorr, he's in rehab, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, Neely definitely said expectations are clearly high and there's no need to change that. Like, even though we've got a new look to the team, there's new goaltending, everything else. Like, the fact is this is the Boston Bruins and you're expected to be the Boston Bruins and hopefully get out of the second round. Um, You know, Sweeney made a comment that they're knocking on wood, that they're really happy and healthy with the depth and where they've slotted the people. But that being said, they both said the bottom six still see where it shakes out. Currently it looks like that third line is pretty solid. So that really probably is talking more to the fourth line. But like you said, if injuries happen or something like depends on, what they'll do from there. Um, and they kept just saying about, we need to see more games, see how the chemistry works out one way or another. So that comes from the top of the management. So everyone else who wants to armchair GM, the actual GM and the president say, right. let's give ourselves a game or two. We've only had one game. It's been 20 days in one game or whatever the heck it is. Like it's, it's a little ridiculous on that end, but um, you know, I liked what I heard from them. 
uh, especially about like, let it just, they don't seem worried. I mean, I think they know they're probably in a lot better position this year than they were last year, you know? And uh, like you always say, you can't really make a judgment call till you see it in action. You can practice all you want. You can do the tape, you can have them ride bikes or whatever, but until you see what it looks like when they have to step up or shut up. And I think they looked all right. Game one, if they can keep that pace and just kind of, what they got going. Any thoughts on that from the big wigs talking who also know that shit has to happen this year, or maybe their jobs might still be yeah. under the microscope. No, it's, it's good to get some clarity on what, what they what their expect, their expectations are and so on. Um, I think that what they did during the off season was, was solid. I, I mean, they weren't, I know I, 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 I overuse this, but I know, I know they didn't go out and blow up the roster and get these unbelievable players and so on. But I, I think that they really did was identify certain needs that they, that they need on the second, on the, um, on the bottom six, uh, something that needed to be changed. And I, I think that they did that accordingly, but what I really liked about it is the versatility that the players can play. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's huge for me. Um, you know, with with players that could play either center, left wing, or even the off wing, like like uh, Nick Foligno. But um, yeah, I like I, I like the direction that we're going in right now. Um, uh, I know it's just game one, I, I, but I think it's going to be a solid year. I, I'm still predicting that the the Boston Bruins will will definitely be in the playoffs, and and we'll see from where they go from there. Yeah, we'll see, but I mean. I haven't seen anything that makes me feel alarmed, not even the goaltending situation. Well, we better get our shit together because we're seventh in the Atlantic right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, who's, who's first or second? Oh, geez. Why'd you got to ask me that? Let me click. Because you told uh, me well, Buffalo, Florida's, Buffalo was, wasn't your it? Team, your team Florida's first, okay? They're 2-0, but Buffalo is also 2-0, okay? Toronto is third. Ottawa's fourth. Currently, Tampa Bay, Detroit, Boston, Montreal. So we're out of the playoffs as of <laughs> Monday, the 18th of October. We're I'm never sure. going to make the playoffs. Just kidding. I'm sure they're going to um, recover by Thanksgiving. One game played. We're out. <laughs> um, currently, the Detroit Red Wings have a better record than we do. Um, just kidding. So uh, anyways, moving on on that, I just wanted to say the big wigs say calm down. So everybody else should too. We'll know. This is what I think is funny is like Bruins fans always want to be panicking for something. I think I'm starting to think that my brethren are just always looking for a reason. That being said, I wanted to ask you, do you think they keep asking to about Tuka and Krejci just to be able to keep asking them about Tuka and Krejci oh, and starting a stir of the pot? Um, because I'm pretty sure they've said the same thing. The door is open. We'll see what goes on with Tuka's rehab. David has to do what David has to do. Once a Bruin, always a Bruin, yada, yada, yada. But I really am starting to think, is there really nothing else that you can ask Don Sweeney and Cam Neely? How often are you really going to get to ask them a question that isn't about Tuka Rask or David Krejci? Uh, that being said, we love to get David. So good luck on that. But I'm, I'm just starting to think certain people just want to ask them so they can write an article about keeping the door open to get everyone. I know. Up. That's not even the tone in which they say it either. Like, I know, but they, it's just, it seems like smoke and mirrors to me all the time. Like, like they're, that's the way of their, them deflecting. Oh yeah. We're going to leave the door open. Oh yeah. This is going to, this could possibly happen. You know, I just think it just feeds the the narrative of there's always that possibility, even though that you if you pay attention to 
Czech Republic hockey and you have and you happen to have the intelligence to translate what this is saying from Czech into uh, English that David's very happy over there. He's playing pretty well. I mean, I haven't checked up on it lately. It yeah, but let's be honest. That's pretty much like an AHL team and league and so on. You're expected to be a David Krejci that's going to tear it up and so on. But you know what? I just It just seems like, you know, his house is for sale. I'm not sure if it actually sold. Um, but and he's mentioned several times that he wants to be there for the full season. And December 12th, if he plays one game after – um, after that date in Europe, then then he has to re, uh, get the, on the waivers to get come back into the NHL. So I still don't see it happen. And Tuka Rask, on the other hand, has a better chance of returning, in my opinion, to the Boston Bruins roster than David Krejci. But then again, we're all gonna we're all gonna wonder what Tuka is gonna be like because he it's a goaltender with hip surgery. Um, I've never had the hip surgery. I don't. I'm not a doctor, but I can guarantee it's probably not easy to, to recover from when you're playing an aggressive position like net, like net up and down, up and down all the time and so on. But if he recovers and the team feels and doctors, obviously, but the management feel comfortable. And in addition, and if things aren't working somewhere else, either all Marcus Wayman, you have to consider him uh, to come back. Cause he's, He's already well versed in the in the organization. He's got career numbers here, um, and he he he's earned the trust. But then again, if you think about it, and I know we've beat this drum to to death, if if Swayman and 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 Allmark are going to that Jennings Trophy kind of bar that we're we're thinking that it could happen, I don't think Tuka is going to be involved in this. And I know they're not going to ride a three headed freaking uh, uh, you know horseman. Um, I think that it's just interesting because who cares either way? Like, they're leaving the door open. They've said that 42 times in the last three months, okay? So why do we have to keep talking about it? Now, if something changes, if there's, like, rumors that Tuka Rask has been you – know, well, actually, there was. It was like he was seen at the Garden – I mean, at the Warrior Ice Arena working out. Yeah, but not with the team. He was – like, you can actually run ice time, and it would make sense that the Boston Bruins – probably are seeing it through no matter what happens on his recovery and whatever, as he has been a member, pretty sure they probably still pay his insurance, you know, had been paying his insurance for a while there and gave him the money. He can continue having it. I just, like I said, it was, what's the big deal? Who cares if they're leaving the door open or they're totally closed on it? It just seems like a fucking over asked question. And like, there are bigger things that you could ask them. Like, I, it's just annoying me move on. Okay. Now, if you want to talk about David Krejci trying to sign waivers to come back and maybe play for the Bruins if he doesn't obviously get snatched up by 30, 31 other teams who wouldn't just snatch him up so the Bruins yeah. couldn't have him, then we'll talk. But until then, please, media people who can actually have access to these people, ask them more pertinent questions than that. <laughs> All right. Well, um, Leo Boyvin passed away, Hall of Famer, former Boston Bruins captain, uh, passed away yesterday or the day before. He uh, played 12 seasons for the Bruins. He was a captain from 63 to 66, he played over 700 games with us, and uh, he played on a few different teams, but he played over 1,100 uh, NHL games. Uh, yeah, Hall of Fame, class of 86, I believe, and just, you know, one of those old time hockey guys that just stand up people. No one seems to have anything but awesome things to say about him. He lived a nice long life to the age of 90, but just wanted to say 
uh, thoughts and prayers with his family at this time. Um, and a good life after he um, played, he went on and he coached, I think, in the, maybe in the OHL. I can't remember uh, exactly. But anyways, a uh, longtime Bruin and uh, Hall of Famer. So got to give him his due uh, right now on this podcast. Mark, any thoughts or comments on the passing? Yeah, it's too bad. Uh, we Obviously, we... we um give uh our thoughts and prayers to the family and friends of leo and uh he's a a solid ontario native um and uh, and who knew a 5'7 177 pound uh forward could uh, be a hall of famer in these days you know or even back then so uh never never judge a man's size um when it comes to on the ice efforts you know um and and it goes back to then when it when hockey was like barbaric you know what i mean it was like it was it was crazy back then i still watch Mad videos I, yeah i still watch videos on the nhl network when they do the old black and whites wow holy crap mm-hmm. did they get away with a lot of shit back then so uh if you were uh an undersized player back then and you could still be competitive in a league that you're probably gonna get hacked a lot <laughs> and uh good on you for a hall of fame career but uh, it, it is too bad we, we it doesn't matter who passes away in the hockey community particularly in the um in the uh in the Bruins organization or the alumni but we do um you know thoughts uh continue to, to be with these uh these people that knew him um most and and obviously the family members uh that you know, I survived. So. All right. That's that. Just wanted to mention it. Um, all right. So what's, what's up with the gap? We started four days later than everyone else. And then we don't even play again until Wednesday, the 20th. I, and then in later in the season, all they're doing is playing games, which personally I like cause the Bruins are at best when they just hit that sweet spot and ride it on and through, they've had a little disruption, that you know two seasons ago and then it was the shortened season and the transition kind of season hopefully the only transition season and um yeah I don't know just like I'm annoyed by it I mean whatever they'll play right it's just with a weird season it seems strange to me you wouldn't want the Bruins the Rangers the Chicago Black filling up your first few weeks you know meanwhile poor Dallas had to play us on Saturday and they played yesterday I don't remember where they went but they did have a back to back and that that doesn't seem fair when the Bruins had eight days off on either side of their one game I don't know Heather the schedule is just maddening with me because after the preseason game they didn't have they didn't have another contest a regular season or another preseason game for 10 days you know, and then and then you go Saturday. They beat the Dallas Stars uh, convincingly, and then four days off. And you know, and what's what's the count? What's the count after Wednesday? Isn't it like a couple more days? Yeah, we two days. Friday, All right, hey, hey, Friday, Sunday. Yeah, it's getting okay. Back. So now we're starting to get a little better, but every yeah. other day for the rest of the week. <laughs> I know. I, I I totally agree on the on the spacing and so on, but logistics might have a big big um big thing about that and where to play and times and so on and who's who's occupied in certain arenas and where you could go. So the schedule must have been a pain in the ass when it comes to that, but it just sucks. It almost seems like the league hates the Bruins. Yeah, I know. Sometimes, like, are you trying to? Yeah, to piss that- everybody off. They do. They hate us. That's fine. But I just wanted to like, I mean, I'm not as annoyed as some people are with it, but I just think that's weird if you're trying to condition professional athletes that you would give them that kind of 
right thing. Like I, I'm just saying, it's the early times. I don't think that anybody, not only just Dallas, should be playing back to backs in the first week and shit like that. So. That's just my own personal thoughts, but whatever. Well, you already alluded to it. Let's talk about the upcoming games. Wednesday uh, at 7.30, we're playing Philly at the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia. Um, they went to an an opener there, uh, I think last or whatever. I have no idea in the Metro. Again, everybody's only played a handful of games or one, depending. Uh, Friday the 22nd, we're going to the Buffalo Sabres at the Key Bank Center. Uh, hopefully, we can beat them. I don't know. They're on fire, man. They're like 2-0, and and they might just roll their way into the Stanley Cup at this point. I, I, don't, I don't know. It's oh, a Jesus. new world order. Um, maybe, thank God, they got rid of all that baggage and sent it to Boston and everywhere well, else in the Well, in the listen, Heather, they're playing so good. Jack Eichel might come back and play. <laughs> Yeah, he's like feeling like you know what? I'm, this I'm team's happy. good again. I don't have a neck problem. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, like I'm I was aside. joking. Oh, I thought we were pulling Kucherov. No, I'm just kidding. I don't mean to joke. He's hurt. <laughs> oh, that, oh, wasn't, yeah. that wasn't funny. Heather's yeah, actually like breaking news. Breaking news for the first time on the B and G Hockey Podcast that uh, Kucherov is out indefinitely uh, with an injury, and uh, this is serious. This yeah, is, I mean, we're it not is kidding. Serious. I don't it mean to joke. That's why I was saying my bad. That was bad karma because the dude is really fucking hurt. And I do like Cooch, so right. I don't want you to think that I, I it was just being poking fun more than being mean. I swear to God, but that sucks. But you know, obviously now the running joke is until the playoffs start and then he'll be back. Exactly. But in all seriousness, like that's a huge like he's hurt, man. <laughs> he's see what's happening. Uh, with that, and then Sunday, October 24th, I'm just mentioning it now because who knows when we will be recording within that uh, time frame, uh, 1 o'clock versus San Jose at home. Uh, San Jose, I think, has only played a game themselves. Yeah, they won their first game. They, too, have only played one game, which seems weird. But uh, we'll see what's up. We'll see what's up this week. Things will start really heating up. Uh, you know, you can't tell where you are. Hopefully, we don't stay in seventh. Hopefully next time we talk, we're not in seventh place with our early. 100% winning percentage. Uh, but yeah, those are the upcoming games. Any thoughts, concerns? Uh, no, I'm just I'm still just, at the point where it's like the games are just getting started. I'm just, I'm just ready. I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, this is why I like about the weekday games is I can sit down and, and engross myself in, into the action because I don't have any commitments elsewhere, like in Providence on the weekends. So um, yeah, I'm excited, but I wish it was like tonight. Wish it was tomorrow, not Wednesday, but yeah, me that gotta work. But being at work also means though I control the TV. I said, listen, I feel the same. Control the agenda, the control the TV. What else I said the way this this works is it's like the driver controls the radio, the counter girl controls the TV. So I may let you watch something else, but if there's any NHL that can be on the TV, that's going to happen in my world, especially now go. it's on TNT and ESPN. And at work, I have all my choices of what I want to watch. It's um, awesome. I, so, I got a, I got a hockey nutcase just like myself on the podcast. <laughs> I just like, you know, I like what, and even if I'm not, can't even watch it. It just makes me happy when I do get a second to like, yeah, peek up, up at it. You can hear it. See you what's can hear going the action. On. Yeah. Like, oh, man, like like I used to always say, I'm like, you know, why am I getting blacked out? Maybe I want to watch the Ottawa-Toronto game. Like, why should I be punished? Because I live on the wrong side of the border. Or True. even before, it'd be like, mm, but should I get blacked out of the Colorado, you know, Vegas game? Because I, I don't live anywhere near Colorado or Vegas. I know this because I've driven to Colorado. It takes two days. It takes almost a whole day on a train. And if I walk there, it would take me like three months. 
So <laughs> don't you think you could maybe broadcast that for me? All right. So that being said, any more comments on that? I don't really have anything. I, I just want to see how it shakes out. Like I uh, tweeted out, you know, shit's real when the emoji icons come back. Let's get it on like Donkey Kong and we'll see where everything shakes out in another week or two. But I'd like to see a little more out of the fourth line this week. Maybe even see Curtis Lazar in. We don't know again week to week with him, whatever the hell that means. Because in hockey, they never tell you unless it's a long-term injury. But even then, they'll be like, long-term, upper body. I mean, did he like crack seven ribs? Because it's been three months, <laughs> upper body yeah, right. injury and nagging injury. Okay, so big news this week at the Red Sox game when they pass, they uh, beat Tampa Bay to get them out. Jack Eichel was partying with all the boys up in the Bruins box. And clearly that means he's getting traded to Boston. It can't be he's from around here. He's injured. He hates his team right now. It can't be he's just drinking some drinks with the boys up in the box because he's hanging out with the other hockey players. No, I'm just kidding. I just had to bring it up because every week it's a nice thing. It was funny to see him up, but everyone's like, clearly he's getting traded to Boston now. Like, "Mm," or he's home getting evaluated by medical people or something. And, the boys were like, hey, you can come to the game? Yeah, let's do it. The whole I think most of the team was actually there. It must have been part of their team bonding was, hey, man, this is what we do in this town. We got to go to the Red Sox game because they're about to take out Tampa Bay. Have them with all their Red Sox jerseys and your name on it. It's like a rite of passage uh, to the people in the city. Uh, they've been hanging around there a lot. But I just thought I'd bring that up as a funny because really – that's how this town works. Oh my God, Jack Eichel was in Boston as if he didn't grow up a half hour from the city or whatever. It was the same <laughs> thing when he was doing the uh, the captain's practices and he was skating yeah. at Warrior. It was like, it's what? like yeah. everybody was freaking out about that. I'm like, what? Or in the summer, like just the cast of characters that came. It's like Tory Krug's there. Yeah, it was so awesome to see him hang out with his friends, but it's just because he's home in Boston for a little bit this summer and he's going to hang out with his friends and they're professional athletes, so they want to get their legs under him and keep themselves at least from falling totally off a cliff when it comes to pass. All right. So um, Behind the Bees season nine premiered this week. Did you get to see that? If you do not watch Behind the Bees, I don't know why. You must not be a Bruins fan. Google that and watch it. I didn't, because... I didn't watch it. No, I but you will it. watch it. I know oh, yeah, because it's, it's on demand. I just meant generally anybody who does not watch it. I watch it on the internet myself. I just say new episode Behind the Bees if I miss it. But if for some reason you're not watching that show, you really should. It's fun to see them behind the scenes uh and hear them mic'd up at games things like that and uh nine seasons man that's a long time he goes fast yeah. but yeah and i um, love it because dennis larry narrates it and i just love dennis larry now wasn't it the first year of behind the b that they actually went in and provided film of the sagan trade and how they were talking about moving him and so on yeah, I think I so too. So. I could be wrong, but it would be because the they didn't time. have it that first year. Like that's why they did that special behind the bees because they they it hadn't started when they won the cup. I think it was the next year, the year after, or whatever. Where you start, and it is interesting to see the behind the scenes. Like you know, I, I just I think that's interesting. But um, oh, I forgot to bring it up. But everyone go buy pastas, pasta again. Support a good cause, the Jimmy Fund, which is a huge thing around here. And also to benefit under uh, underprivileged kids in uh, pastas made of Czech Republic. I got myself like 10 boxes at this point because I love penne pasta and I will eat it. And also I love pasta. So 
I think they should do a pop, whole line. Pop, pop, pop. Like I'd love, I'd love to see like the Nick Felino linguini or noodles or the, uh, you know, Patrice Bergeron angel hair pasta because he's after all the saints. You know that would be fun. A whole let's do a whole thing and support the Jimmy Fun and different uh, things. But just a suggestion, by the way, it's not trademark, so feel free to, if you're listening to this, any executive from Stop and Shop, make that happen. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it would be fun, I think. Like the Marshawn macaroni. Like it would just, it'd be like a, a whole thing. All right. Um, on kind of a sadder note, like the Jimmy Hayes things keeps getting sadder. We don't have to like really get into it. I did want to mention the boys all wore uh stickers with a shamrock that just said Jimmy with the 11 on it, uh opening night. Uh, but there are rumored substances that may have been in his system that were in a system. I mean, let's say that's what it was, but uh we don't have to get into it, but just Again, if you know people who have, you know, it doesn't take a lot and it doesn't take a long time, like, you know, addictions and like even just using prescriptions and stuff like that. uh, It's a weird thing, you know, so unfortunately, when someone really young dies, you kind of assume something like that may be involved and uh, it's proved, but still, you know, thoughts to all his family, his extended family, but like just him himself, like it sucks that. If there was a problem and it wasn't kind of a short term thing that just went totally awry, which can happen, you know, too, like not everyone has to has a dependency. But that being said, it, it really makes it a lot more sad if he indeed was struggling. And for whatever reason, you know, there's a lot of reasons you don't get the help you need in time. So anyways, yeah, that, it's, it's, I had to bring it, it up. Is- it is pretty sad. Um, I really didn't want to hear that, but it's it. Yeah, it's something that's becoming more and more news lately with these players from the past and and how they're struggling. And yeah, I just I I really want to give a courageous effort and a stick tap to the family, the Hayes family for coming out like that. The the wife and the and the and the father and and the Hayes family uh, just by saying that they don't want to see what happen to Jim to somebody else mm-hmm. they want to move the the um the word forward that you know get help uh if you need yeah. it reach out talk to somebody um you know there's there's always means of of healthier days uh whether it be physically or mentally out there and people need to reach out and 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 get that help so um I I really want to say that like I said stick taps to them for doing that and um and you know but uh it, it it is unfortunate it's just it's just i hate to say it but sometimes you know these days with no matter what happens uh it is it's something that you think of first you know and and i hate doing that but yeah you know yeah i wouldn't it, listen let's put it this way 20 years ago i wouldn't have thought that Mm-hmm. today absolutely just by th- what, the way things are going on well it's our society world. now it's not yeah. i mean it's from top to bottom whether you are a successful athlete who is well loved in your community in your world in your circles or you're you know the parent that's working six you know whatever everyone has their struggles and every we kind of have a society where we very easily go to coping mechanisms right using drugs or drinking too much accident yep. you know and like but I, I think you made an excellent point when you brought up like part of the problem is still it's like a stigma thing, right? Like when we were kids, like if you saw a heroin addict, you'd be like, oh, my God, like that was like the dirtiest of low like thing. But 
in the world we live in now, like heroin isn't for people who are on their last, like worst place. It's a place that many even functioning people on some level can get into things. I mean, that wasn't what no. in Jimmy's case, but I, I'm just making a comparison for drugs. Like just our society, right. we struggle with, you know, uh, over prescriptions and uh, access and things like that. Just, uh, yeah, certainly not. I wasn't saying that's what Jimmy was doing, but just like, you know, it's just the yeah. culture and the mindset and even yeah. our society, like the access to different drugs or co unhealthy yeah. coping ways. And it's good. They're talking about it because that's also still part of the stigma. It's like mental health, right? Like it's totally, it's not normal. It's okay to be not normal, right? That they, everyone says that because yeah. it does, it, it is it's more common than anybody wants to talk about, but part of getting people help is talking about it and making not being okay, okay, actually being a thing. So people will talk about it. Same thing with addictions and, you know, even like a Vander Kane's gambling problem and shit that's right. making him spiral. Like, but it, it is sad. Like, you know, it, it just shows you, you know, like you can be well loved and well supported and have a, you know, whatever. And Hopefully it can be an inspiration to help, like they said, stop it from happening to somebody else. And that's all you can hope, you know, and that's use right. the bad or something good. That's that. So uh, I don't want to, okay, it makes me sad. I, yeah, I, I know. I um, know. Uh, player safety isn't joking around. They're handing out fines and suspensions like they, like they actually are paid to enforce the rules of the NHL. Uh, that was just a general comment. What do you think? I don't know how long it'll last, but they're not fucking yeah, around dude. there. That's what I'm saying, Heather. It's like, this is probably going to go on for like a month or two. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, you know, are you going to clamp all this stuff down when the playoffs come around where you traditionally let all that shit go? You know, mm -hmm. I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. I, 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 it's because they put their new like cross checking and this and that in place. Uh, yeah. Lots of, but they, it's like, I seem to be getting tweets from them couple times a day like whoa they don't give out yeah. this many penalties and fines in like a whole season or five but they seem to be really trying to be the sheriffs in town quote unquote this year uh so the ahl had their first ever female referee the first yes. of 10 ladies who are, are gonna hit the ice uh katie shout out to you the ahl for uh you know we talked about there is a referee shortage so it's great to see uh competent referees of whichever agenda uh, has the knowledge and the know-how and the drive us. This is a different level, obviously, but coaches all, you know, it's like having refs around that can train the next generation to come in and for them. And she's got a lot of experience, like in international, uh, um, whatever, refing, things like that too. So, but awesome, pretty awesome. And there's actually 10 female referees in the AHL this year. So good on the AHL because that's more than that's in the NHL right now. Yeah, and I heard on the uh, the awesome Causeway Kings hockey podcast, you can hear that program on the um, uh, blackandgoldhockey.com podcast network. They mentioned that the, the person you were talking about is, is, is also a local person, too, that, that yep. is a, is a um, an American Hockey League referee right now. So uh, shout out to the, you know, the, the, the barrier crossings um, of, um, you know, allowing um, – women to get more involved in officiating and so on. And, and I think it's just going to be a, a solid step forward for, for, um, for everybody. And it's not only a, you can play type of uh, motto anymore. And now it's, you can be involved. And I yeah. like, I like that. I like that a lot. So it just opens up a lot more doors for everybody to, to participate. So 
Uh, well, not just to, participate, kudos. but pass the hockey knowledge in the right way right. and like right. down. And like yeah. you said, that barrier coming down, that's a thing. It's like, that's real access. That's when you're, because it goes to like the idea of like, you know, our cop or a policeman even thing. You know, I mean, obviously a cop, but like a fire, you know, like who cares as long as you have the most qualified people for the job. And it's nice to see it moving in that direction. Do you know what I mean? It's not yep. like a big statement to say, Oh, look at us. We let female refs in. They're like, Hey, look at these really qualified officials that we need and glad to have, True. you know? So, and the longer that happens and again, that'll inspire. And you know what? There'll be a little girl out there that said, Oh, well, you know, maybe you, you for some reason can't be a hockey player anymore. or never were, but, you love hockey. You got the knowledge. You can be out there and, you know, you can still learn to be, you know, and just, yep. oh, wow, look, I've never seen a female ref before. That's pretty awesome, you know, and I don't know. Just for me, that's the thing. And good on the AHL for definitely giving the avenue to make this happen. All right. So congratulations, Katie, trendsetter. All right. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets honored um, – uh, Mattis, who passed away on July 4th in uh, the fire accident, uh, they had his number 80 on the ice. They had it set up, his locker set up, which made me almost cry when I saw they tweeted that picture. But uh, that was probably a very hard day for the members of that organization. And uh, that was real class act. So I just thought I'd mention that too. Um, that was just really sad. So I thought I'd mention that. But now let's talk about something fun as we start going through our last few things as we start wrapping up today's podcast. Uh, but it was a fun fact that of 721 players in the NHL, 22 different birth countries on the uh, um, opening night rosters uh, approved by the league, you know, when they had to put their um, teams in last Monday and uh, that, but uh, Canada has uh, still uh, is beating the band on that with 310 players, USA 190, Sweden with 71, Finland with 40, 37 for Russia, and 26 for the Czech Republic, and then onward and all forth. But there's people from Kazakhstan, people from Uzbekistan, there's someone from the UK. Like, what a diverse uh, community it is. And I actually was surprised to see Russia so low on the list of players like Sweden and Finland have been kicking their butt, I guess, with the recruiting right. into the NHL in the last uh, decade or two. So I uh, just wanted to mention that. Any thoughts on that? No, no. Just there. Big shot. Canada has most of the players. Whatever. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Whatever. So I guess uh, just the last big thing that I had on the agenda as we wrap up, I mean, the bulk of this was really about Charlie Mack getting re-signed and, uh, you know, the big opening weekend. But uh how do we like hockey on ESPN and TNT? Um, I really had the chills when they started the hockey intro for uh, ESPN. You know what I mean? It's been a long time. And just that song, just like it's a masterpiece. It's like a movie soundtrack or something to your life. Uh, and they showed like a nice video of it, you know, like how it came to be, how it went away. Now it's back. And I thought that was pretty awesome. I know some people have been bitching about some of the coverage on each side. I thought TNT was really fun uh, with <laughs> seeing Wayne Gretzky. Like I just, I don't know, like hockey dudes are just so proper and like basketball guys are just more like, let's party guy. Let's go like make it fun. So I don't know. Any thoughts or reflections on the first week of coverage by TNT and ESPN? Not, not really, but, um, if, you know, if there's any, you know, folks out there that aren't happy with it, I just, I want to, I want to like give these opportunities to these networks to like 
put their product out there, but also be criticized, but also listen to the criticism and uh, and be better. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it, it, it's new. It's a return, but it's still new. But uh, let's let's work the quinks out before um, before we raking anybody over the coals, I say. But yeah, um, I think that there were some cool camera angles. Uh, I kind of liked it being like level with the, you know, like there were some shots that were kind of level across, which is fun. Kind of like you're sitting in the stands as opposed to it's always like way up here or in the court there. Um, I did think there were some things with that, but I think that. You know, it's a new opportunity. It's a new opportunity for marketing. It's a new opportunity for a larger audience. Uh, and, you know, because if you have most people, if they have a basic cable package, get up at least through ESPN and TNT. You know what I mean? So yep. let's see what they can do with it. But I, I, overall, I thought it was good. I like the people that they have on the, each side, you know, representing like, you know, hockey people. But I think NBC didn't always listen. Do you know what I mean? They did a lot of good things over their tenure. Uh, and, but there were some things like, um, some of the analysis, the analysts or like people between the benches. I, I don't want to call anyone out by name, but you know what I mean? Like yep. we've all had our favorites, but there were also a lot of people that were there just cause they're hockey people. And I think that they were very conscientious of that, that, that being said, you, you know how I want to vomit every time I see Barry Melrose, I just can't not want to, I just, I have a thing with him. I can't, uh, but whatever i thought it wasn't bad and like you said let's see what they do as it goes on you know uh yeah. all right well that's all i have this week i just want to so wednesday friday and sunday this week uh boston pride open up november 6th so make sure if you haven't put that on your calendar make sure you put it on the calendar uh and i guess for my part before i throw it over to you for whatever you want to say is you know, I want you to rate and review this podcast. Uh, please, we try to put please, out a good please. project every week. Uh, whether we do or we do not, please tell us so and rate and review. Share with your friends and family because let's face it, we're pretty awesome. And you're awesome if you've been hanging with us all this time and listening to us go on and on and on about these beloved Bruins. Uh, definitely check out blackandgoldhockey.com with all the great writers. we got new writers coming in. Definitely, you know, I'm into the podcast. I'm a podcast junkie. And lucky for us, we've got 12 right on our own uh, network, this awesome podcast. But you're obviously following that right now if you're on there. Yeah. We got Dump a Change and the Short Shift and the Puck Lines podcast, the Lindroth Hockey podcast, Don't Poke the Pod podcast, Halts on Hockey, Hub of Hockey podcast, respectively, the Beehive, Causeway Kings, uh, New One, Third Line Grinders, and Mark's uh, Remember the Maples as he continues his journey when he gets a chance yep. to uh, bring the and history of the beloved Amesbury Maples to the ears. Also, also a new podcast on the network, the BNG network coming through. It's going to be uh, cons- uh, just basically just a half hour program about the uh, Providence Bruins and what they're doing this year. So expect that coming out sometime this week, um, hopefully. So. Yeah, so that'll be 13. We're growing. We're always looking for more writers. We're looking for more podcasters. So if you're interested, please send an email to black and gold productions, LLC at gmail.com. Um, like I said, just if you're creative and digital content in any manner, any form or any means, whatever you want to call it, uh, please get in touch. Let me just, you know, reach out and say, you know, Hey, would this interest you? And who knows? And we might, Add you on to the team. We have a we're approaching thirty writers, but with the podcast network and and everybody on the family over there, we're like fifty strong. It's it's crazy. It's crazy how much this whole thing is built. And if you want to be a part of it, you're welcome to just reach out and 
see if you can uh, lend us a hand and some content, and uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll see what's going on from there. We're a motley crew, but yeah. if you don't like it, join join us on this side, on the black and gold side. And uh, and, and the really good things about it is we're credentialed in the American Hockey League. We're credentialed through the Boston Pride. We're credentialed in the America uh, the East Coast Hockey League with the uh, Maine Mariners. So if you want to get opportunities as a media member, these this is a great place. It's a great platform to come and join and uh, either learn something about. Uh, you know, digital content, or you know, if you're already going to school for it, this is a and, and you're paying outrageous college freaking tuitions. This is a great platform because it's free for you, and it, yeah. and it opens doors for if you happen to be in journalism. It opens doors for you know a sports guy that wants to be a sports reporter to come on here for free. He doesn't have to pay anything, but if you want to put the grind in, you want to work, you're welcome. Speaking of that, shout out Patrick Donnelly published his first NHL.com yes. uh, Very good article. Piece. Sorry. Love you. Hearts. Very good piece. Uh, Patrick and uh, many more. Yes. To Patrick, that, so. Patrick was a longtime member of blackandgoldhockey.com, uh, grinding through college, still in college. And, mm-hmm. uh, and he now has a job as a, as a senior at Boston University with NHL.com as a Boston Bruins correspondent. But uh, more importantly, I, I say that more importantly because I love patting myself on the back about this. But he was he was with us at BNG for a long time, and I'm so proud of him. Like a big, it's like a big Papa moment. Yeah, awesome stuff. All right, what do you think, Patreon? There's a big winner, Der- Jerry Cheevers. Yes, yes, we do have. We we're gonna do our Patreon right now, and uh, like I've been pumping out. Uh, over the past couple of weeks, um, we do have a jersey to give away today, but we also have to give away a weekly prize. So the weekly prize is going to go to our friend out in Colorado, Ashley Loizel. She gets a, I think it's going to be a signed puck for her uh, this week. So good for her. I think she won one a couple months ago. I think it was the Rick Middleton one. So congratulations, Ashley. Thank you for your $3 contribution every week. We truly appreciate that. You only had to do a dollar, but guess what? You're cool enough. You put in three. Um, But the Jersey winner this week and this month, this Jerry Chivas hand side Hall of Fame, fully authenticated, is going to John Gillott. Congratulations, John. uh, He's been dying to get a jersey uh, after all these months of uh, supporting us, saying, damn, I missed out on this one. Damn, I missed out on that one. But now guess what, sir? You own one. So You're thank you. The winner. Thank you for your contributions. And I forgot to put this up, but if folks do want to get involved in the weekly Boston Bruins related giveaways, whether it be a puck, a shirt, um, some B and G merch, you can uh, you know conveniently buy at blackandgoldhockey.com slash shop uh, or a, a signed puck, anything. We do give away a prize every week, but we give away a jersey every month. And if you donate one dollar, I'm pointing at that dollar right there, that single dollar. That's it. Just one dollar to get involved. You can win all this fantastic stuff. So please go to patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast and uh and, and help us out. What we do is we take half of your dollar, just just for example, we take 50 cents of your dollar to pay our bills here. You guys help us out. And in turn, we want to thank you for that. And we take your other half of the 50 cents and we roll it right into giveaways. That's it. It's like a win-win situation for everybody here. It helps us out. It helps you out. You guys get to dress up your fan cave 
uh, your bedroom or whatever, but you also get some freaking really cool merch to go out and spread the cheer of hockey podcasting. So, uh, you know, let's just spread the cheer of hockey podcasting is also going and supporting the shows by buying the merch. Yes, absolutely. And I bought, and actually I have merch right now that I'm going to take a picture of later on. It came today, but it is from many members of our podcast network. That's a part of the, uh, I haven't opened this up yet. I don't know (laughs) time, but this is the, um, this is the Causeway Kings shirt, which I'm proud to to buy got the puck lines podcast shirt that i'm proud to own and also it's not shown here but it's the dump and change hockey podcast so pumped about that but i'm going to be buying some more because some more links have been provided from our our friend andrew over at the puck lines podcast so i'm going to support those guys and and everything else so um i think that's it heather what do you think I think that's it. It's a wrap. First week of hockey. Let's get it on, baby. Unbelievable. From here that, on out. That was a lot of fun. I uh, apologize to our sponsor, betonline.ag, for a day late. But uh, I was traveling all weekend um, covering the Providence Bruins. So we had to do it a day later. So, uh, Heather, thank you very much for working with the schedule. Truly appreciate that. And, uh, and, and thank our- you for yesterday. We don't have to get into it. But I appreciate, yes. as always, my friend's support and loves from above. <laughs> yeah, absolutely um and uh yeah that's it so um thank you so much for everybody's the support the sharing the retweets the the um you know the the talking the the online chats the the really good hockey talk we truly appreciate that we want to see more we want to get more involved with you folks so um if you want to write you want to do anything like that you want to provide some uh contacts or or possibly a topic please go to black and gold uh, productions llc at gmail.com and send us some ideas so that being said this is heather ingerson i'm mark allred we will talk to you next week we will have at least a couple more games uh mm-hmm. to talk about and uh and some other stuff some um and you know hopefully some uh some good good stuff good positive Thank stuff you. that we're leading the uh division and we're going to win the stanley cup no i'm just and it's our big two five oh so yes it is Episode 250 of this podcast since since January of 2016. So we're doing episode 250, and I'm so excited about next week. We might even do a surprise roundtable. We talked well, about well, it. We're, we'll think we're, we're kind of hinting around doing something, but it possibly could have some one of our have some of our favorites on this program. So that'd be freaking cool as hell. So that also, being said, I'll definitely be drinking. So yeah, me too. What a shocker, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, stay safe, be healthy, uh, go Bruins. Let's do it. We're uh, we're we're here. The 2021-22 season has officially kicked off for the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Um, please support the shows. Please support the website. Please buy the merch. Do what do what you can. We truly appreciate you. It. Do we you guys? You. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening to and supporting the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family, and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com, and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.